From tornadoes to hurricanes, blizzards, and everything in between, you're listening to the Stormfront Freaks Podcast, Episode 11, for October 6th, 2016. The Stormfront Freaks are former television meteorologist Mark Massaro, collegiate senior in atmospheric science Brady Harris, digital meteorologist and weather producer for The Lift on the Weather Channel app, Dina Knightley, and I'm your announcer and Skywarn Network radio operator, Mark Johnson. Today, the Freaks welcome guest co-host Cam Tawney, Skywarn spotter, storm chaser, and emergency response team member. And our guest, Reed Stowe, managing partner at Rex Game Studios, makers of StormQuest, the storm-chasing video game. Now, here's the moderator of the Stormfront Freaks podcast, amateur storm spotter, Phil Johnson. Welcome to the most entertaining weather podcast on your listening device. This is episode 11 of Stormfront Freaks podcast. We're going to call this the Night of Matthew. Um so dun, thank, dun, dun. You, thank you for listening. And probably by the time you guys get this, Matthew is, will probably be some tropical storm uh, somewhere out in the Atlantic. Uh, we are excited to have managing partner of Rex Game Studios, Reed Stowe, with us tonight. He's going to share with us some updates on their Storm Quest video game. Reed, and, Reed. Yeah, and we're also <laughs> we're, we're going to have a discussion about the future of unmanned drones in weather and storm situations. So it should be uh, should be a fun show. But so so here's the thing. So Matthew has already wiped out two of our co-hosts. We had um, uh, Dina, obviously Dina Knightley, one of our regulars. As most of our listeners know, she is the weather producer for the Lift which is on the Weather Channel app. So she's on the digital side of the Weather Channel. Um, and then our we were going to have a guest co-host tonight as we are still in our search process to add another uh, co-host. It was going to be uh, Jen Watson, Jennifer Watson. She is with the Weather Channel on the TV side. Uh, in there, uh, she does a lot of the social media for the Weather Channel TV. But the Weather Channel is doing 24-hour uh, live uh, broadcasting on on Hurricane Matthew, and so there, everybody's apparently on like a 12-hour shift right now, and so the storm has wiped out two of our our co-hosts uh, In a already. Good way. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Hopefully not literally, because that would be kind of concerning. Well, that is yeah, that's true. So, so, so we're a little uh, short on our our team tonight. But we are happy to bring back Cam Tawney as a guest co-host. So if, a lot of you, if you remember, yes. I'm yeah, happy. so, so Cam, Cam was with us uh, in episode nine. She's a, she's a photographer and a storm chaser with the Tornado Sirens out of Texas. And at the last minute, uh, I asked her if she, uh, she could join us tonight because we, we wanted, obviously, the women to represent. Um, so, Cam, you're the token. The oh, the group. woman's here. The women's here. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and tornado and plus, sirens. That's all women, isn't it? Tornado sirens. Actually, um, it's not. Oh. It, it initially oh, started okay. out as all women, and now we got two dudes on there. So Very we're now name. diverse. Mm. Yeah, nice. Dudes, man. Title nine. That's Equal rights. Equal rights. So anyway, so we got so Cam Cam came on, so we appreciate you coming on, Cam. Not a problem. Um, you know, and, and here's so here's the other thing too, and you guys got to help me out with this. Uh, you know, we got to I got to figure out how because I think we we introduce everybody on the team. Uh, MJ does it in the once he uh, produces this thing, this show. Post. He has he announces it, yeah, on the front end. He announces everybody on the team and all that kind of stuff. But I wonder if our listeners, because we don't do a very good job at the beginning of 
like letting Maz talk so that everybody knows. Okay, so that's Maz. Hi. He, okay, yep, that should do <laughs> that it. Nice. And, and you know, that's what and you know, hear most been, of the time from him. I've been giving a lot of other shows crap, a lot of other weather podcasts. I've been giving them crap because some of them start with, you know, what's what's the weather like where you're at, or how's the weather in your neck of the woods, and um, which to me is pretty lame because that kind of crap. Number one, if if I live in Cincinnati, I could care less about what the weather's like in Colorado, or what the weather's like in Alabama, or what I, I don't care. And really, if I do care, I can always look it up online, right? Just picking a so, fight. But I do understand. I I do understand the value in at least at the beginning, starting off with some kind of conversation to let everybody say hi and talk so that the listeners know who the hell who is. So we're going to have to come up with something, but it's got to be Stormfront Freak style because it's mm. not going to be how's, how's the weather in your back route, back, backyard. That's, it's just not going to be that. So, so, you're listeners, horn. so listeners, if you have ideas, mm. send them our way. Sure. But they got to be Stormfront Freaks ideas. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if they're right. not, they're not just just getting yeah. out of here. So it's it's, it's got to be it's got to be crazy. I have I have a suspicious feeling, man. I might this might be the episode I drop an f bomb or something like that. I, <laughs> it, you know, we you just want, Phil, you wanted to do that for a while uh, now. You've been saying that you you said that a lot. So I don't think you'll do it. That's going to make know. it harder for me in post. Come on, it is. Yeah. We we had we had someone say the S word in our craft beer special that we had to edit out. But that was the first <laughs> time. I mean, this is episode eleven plus we've had three bonus episodes. And um that was the first time anyone uh dropped an R rated I, I shouldn't say R rated, it's PG thirteen rated word, but and wasn't that the waitress who like got your beer and stuff? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's when I grabbed her, she kind of shouted it out loud. Oh, my gosh. No. <laughs> wow. Uh, okay, so we got to move on here. We're getting into yeah, some bad do. territory. Yeah. I'm, I know I'm you're at, um, Already, already. I will be at Indiana Chaser Con on November 19th. Uh, Reed, we'd love to have you. I know you're, you used to live in Indiana, man. We should come up for that. But November 19th is Indiana Chaser Con. Uh, we definitely would love to, I, I would love to meet you guys, the listeners. So if you are coming, definitely stop by our table, introduce yourself. Uh, and if you don't have tickets yet, you can still get tickets. Uh, if you go to IND, indchaseton.com, uh, they still have tickets and you can get the speaker agenda, all that fun stuff. Reed, just tell us where your family is and we'll all like crash there. Yeah, good idea. <laughs> That's true. Uh, in Lebanon and Zionsville. Oh, oh wow. Zionsville. That's just north of Indianapolis. Yeah, yeah. And Lebanon's Lebanon. not all that far north either. Yeah, I have a niece in um, in Zionsville, and then I have another niece in Lebanon. And I'm not sure where my nephew is. I, I don't know if he's still in Indiana or if he moved. So the, I haven't heard from the, him. Uh, the Chaser Con is near the airport, so uh, you could come check it out, visit your family while you're there. It's a tax um, write-off. That would be awesome. That's yeah. true. <laughs> so, hey, true. so I'll, let's do this. Say that. So, so Reed's talking already. So let, let me go ahead and introduce our guest because it's it's all about our guest, not about us. Um, I want to welcome Reed Stowe. So he's the managing partner for Rex Game Studios. Uh, they are the makers of Storm Quest, which is a storm-chasing video game uh, that, that is in production. 
and the and so first off, welcome Reed. Great having you on. Reed. Yeah, Reed. Hey, Reed. 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 Oh wait, no, wrong movie. Wrong movie. I don't even know what you're talking about, Reed. <laughs> Rudy, like the I was on the oh, Rudy, Rudy channel. Oh, wow. oh, wow. <laughs> anyway, so uh, Reed, I, I do want to say this because I'm going to do a quick shout out to the individual. One of our listeners uh, brought you to our attention. Now I was aware of you guys, but I, I this was a, a good year or so ago. One of our listeners uh, from Twitter, Storm Chaser Nick, actually brought up the fact that hey, we should invite you guys on. Um, to give us an update on where you're at with the game and, and all that kind of stuff. So before before we get into talking about the game, I guess, tell us a little bit about your personal weather background because I, I think you're you're kind of a weather geek like the rest of us. Is that right? Yeah, definitely so. Um, I mean, I grew up in Indiana, like I said before earlier, and you, you had brought up um, – you know, when I was probably, I remember, I think it was around the blizzard of 78 in Indianapolis that really kind of transformed me into having a desire to know more about weather. And ever since then, you know, I just dove into it head first and did, you know, I was in school, I would do reports on weather. My teachers began to hate me because every report I turned in was on weather and they couldn't <laughs> read them and understand them, but that's how I got A's. So, <laughs> um, and then Whatever it takes. When I was a teen- yeah, exactly. Then once I was a teenager and I could drive, I actually volunteered down at the weather service uh, at the airport, which was just awesome during the summertime, and especially when the storms would come in in the evening time, and I'd stay late at night. My mom would get really upset because I stayed out really late. But And then I would do some storm chasing um, while I was there in Indianapolis, and then eventually I moved to Phoenix, Arizona, where I'm stationed at now uh, and where our offices are at, so... So yeah, I mean, yeah, I've been fascinated by weather for a long time. I've, uh, I'm not, I do not have a degree in meteorology, but uh, I'm like a sponge. I like to uh, um, listen into what people are talking about and uh, try to absorb what, what different things. I've learned a lot, you know, since the, you know, when I first started, there was no internet, so it was all books and everything. Every book you could get your hand on to try and learn as much as you possibly can. And uh, I don't know about you guys, but I always look for the books with the greatest pictures. <laughs> Uh, but, um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was never much for a reader very well, but, um, but yeah, once I, um, just started moving more and more into it and, uh, never really could, I was at one point I was going to go for a degree in meteorology. Um, but I, I always struggled with trig for some reason and I still mm. struggled with it. So I just decided, you know what, that's, I don't think I'm gonna do really well in this. So I, you know, it was back in the days when computers first started coming into the home and everything, and that's where I started uh, learning about computer programming. And it's it's hard to do trigonometry on a slider rule. I agree. <laughs> well, they, I mean, they didn't have those back in those days. Uh, dirt was just being found. Uh, yeah, but no, it was it was yeah. I I was failing miserably. I could do calculus, but I could handle the trig very well. So, well, so, tell yeah. I guess give give us a little. Um, Give us the story and the history and the birth of this whole Storm Quest video game idea. Sure. Um, well, it all started probably about five years ago. Um, the other managing partner, Tim Fuchs, um, and I sat down and, um, you know, we're, we're a small firm. We have about five people that work for us. Um, and then we contract to some other developers that help us out also. Um, but we started talking about uh, we, our primary business is in the flight simulation area, and we actually develop a lot of environmental type uh, pro- products for commercial and for the public consumer based uh, flight simulation. 
And so we were talking about the fact that we really would just love to get into the game industry. And, uh, but we didn't want to reproduce something that's been out there before. Um, we wanted to do something really different and we both, you know, had an interest in meteorology, uh, and so forth. And we just decided that this would be a, a cool idea. And so we just started talking about it and, um, starting to kind of put the things together. And we, um, partnered up with another, with another storm chaser. Um, unfortunately that didn't quite work out very well, but, um, you know, we were getting to the point where we were about ready to announce the, the, the whole thing publicly. We eventually didn't announce the whole thing publicly. And this was about two years ago. Um, and we were beginning to assemble all the pieces to begin to start developing of this game. And lo and behold, when we announced the name of the game, uh, we got a nice little letter from a lawyer. <laughs> and basically mm-hmm. there was another game out there. Originally the game was supposed to be called Storm the Game. And there was another uh, uh, company out there that was developing a game very similar to that with the same title, but not the same premise. And they had already released. And um, we had gone through the process of actually of, of uh, uh, trademarking the name and, and had been approved and everything by the federal government. But because they did a, tri- uh, a press release a year before we did, uh, they won the case. So we actually had to change the name. And, and for after about a year and a half of negotiations. And um, so we had to change the name and all that stuff. So that I actually kind of glad that worked out that way because Storm, the game's kind of boring and dead and Storm Quest sounds a lot more ominous. So mm-hmm. I think it just sounds better. <laughs> uh, and actually, that's, I attribute that to my wife. She came up with that name and I just thought that was perfect. So both Tim and I agreed on that. And so we've actually been um, in the process of working on the game now. Um, we've got a, a couple of developers that are working on it, um, and we're actually partnering up with a uh, school here in Phoenix uh, with students that will be, again, helping us with the game also. Um, so we're excited about it. It's, you know, it's still in its infancy stage. The biggest thing right now is we're working on uh, what we call Project Wakita, uh, and what we're doing is actually modeling the entire city of Wakita. Um, and I don't know if anybody's been into our forums or not, or been on our Twitter account or our Facebook, but we've shown some pictures of it. And these are just some preliminary uh, concept pictures right now. But we're in the process of, of, uh, of actually modeling every aspect of that city. And uh, that will be our first entry into the game itself, a kind of our proof of concept. And then from there, we'll build upon the game. So that's kind of where So read. Yeah. So walk us through. So, so we get, cause I, I do some gaming from now, you know, now and then. Um, so walk me through. So you get in the game and you may or may not have this figured out yet, but you know, what do you do? Do you start out like with a car or something? Do you start out with some supplies or, you know, how does the game kind of start? Well, that's, that's, that's a good question. Um, we've actually been batting around a couple of ideas, um, Primarily, our, the, the main game aspect of it, or the main game flow of the, of the, of the game, is it's very similar. I don't know if you've ever heard of World of Tanks at all. or, or Oh, yeah. Like oh, it. yeah. Yeah. It's kind of similar to that, but you, you, you start out with a basic chase vehicle. And we, we've been kind of battering around the idea of everybody starting out with a rusted-out VW. Um, so, you know, it's kind of junky and everything. <laughs> and then from there, you have the options of... You, you get a, like a certain amount of funds 
and so forth that you start out with. And so you can do some upgrades to it. You know, you can buy some equipment, some, you know, some radar equipment, or you can buy some, you know, different types of upgrades for the vehicle, up, upgrade the engine or whatever. And you, you start out with other chasers that are in the, in the area. So it would be a, a massive multiplayer type event. And mm. you start out in an area of that city and really actually you would be on a, on a bigger map is really where you would start. And then you would have a selection. You would be told some weather information up front about where there's a potential for tornadoes. And you have multiple cities that you can actually select from. So you get some, some basic weather parameters that tells you, yeah, this area has a likely chance for a possible tornado. So you make the decision from there on whether what city you want to go into. So let's say for Wakita is the one that you want to go to. And you basically start there. And you've got all these other drivers there. You, you start out in the, in the parking lot of a gas station there, usually in the center of town or on the outskirts of town, depending on what we've got. And you're waiting for the storms to form. So you, you, you basically have all these storms building and things of that nature. You're able to partner up with other people there. And at that point, your, your goal is, is obviously one is to communicate, communicate back to the virtual media uh, that a storm is coming or a tornado could be you know, whatever's happening, you know, it's damaging winds, tornado or hail or whatever, because you want to try and save lives. That's one goal, because through that, you get experience point. The other aspect is getting By safe. staying alive? Is that what you said? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, obviously in a VW bug, you don't want to try and drive into that. Yeah, but yeah, you're, you're trying to communicate, make sure people are aware of what's going on. So there's the safety aspect of it there where you gain experience points. And obviously that helps out. But the other aspect is also collecting data and it, you're, you know, trying to get, you know, like pods in the, in the way. And obviously if you advance up in technology, maybe get a vehicle that allows you to go into a tornado, like what we've seen all over the media nowadays. Uh, so where you can collect data. So the more data, the more safety that you have and nobody loses their lives in your experience that you're having, the more funds you get to advance down the road. Now, this is the first phase of the game. The second phase of the game is actually they'll be kind of like what we call a forecaster aspect. And this is where we have this virtual world that's going on. And the forecaster would actually make a forecast for the chasers. And you would work in tandem uh, because our goal is to eventually model the entire sh- open world scenario. Uh, obviously, this is several years down the road, but that's our goal is to move that direction. The forecaster would make a forecast based on certain parameters. He would communicate with you, uh, and these would be live people, communicate with you about the you know, potential of severe weather, and then you would position yourself, and you, you, know, you could work together as a team, position yourself in a certain area, and wait for that storm to happen. And you're communicating back and forth, and then as you work together as a team, you gather more funds. And the key aspect of that is you want to be able to gather more funds because it allows you to advance your technology, not only as a forecaster, because it allows you to purchase real weather radars and weather stations that are mobile stations that are out there. But also, you know, if you're staying overnight, you have expenses that you have to pay for. That's built into it. Your vehicle could break down. Uh, you have to pay for gas. Like if you're at the gas station and you forget to fill up, you know, and you go driving along and run out of gas, that's definitely going to affect you. So and beer money, right? Beer, yeah, beer, beer money. money. Don't forget junk that. Junk food at the gas station. Yeah, junk food at the gas station. So, cat food. Um, cat food. So there's a little bit, there's yeah. a little bit of, because of, that's, that's the challenge is when it comes to storm chasing, it's important to have the expense column on the game to add some realism. 
but the challenge is always having the income column. Uh, <laughs> where the hell that money is coming from? Uh, because in real life, Cam, I would, I would, I don't know about you, but I would think that's always the challenge. Correct? You know, one time at band camp. So, so that's phase two. Is I, and that was going to be my question: Is at what point are are you starting to get a little technical with the sciency stuff when it comes to forecasting? Uh, as opposed to the game just telling you, hey, go here, there is high level of tornado potential. Yeah, you know, and that's something that's been really, you know, again, that's something we've been talking about a lot internally is how do we want to deal with this game? Um, And we actually got on our forums and on our Facebook and on our Twitter account and asked people that have been following us for a while, you know, do you want, are you interested in possibly like a campaign type thing? Are you interested in kind of just like a scrimmage type playing, uh, you know, kind of a sandbox type thing? Or are you interested in like following somebody like, you know, you know, Joe Storm Chaser or Jane Storm Chaser and you follow their life through storm chasing? Obviously, as you can imagine, we got a wide range of different, um, you know, ideas and stuff, which was good. We greatly appreciated it. So. You know, I think the the first aspect, the first phase of the game is, is like I said, it's very similar to kind of like a World of Tanks type environment. Not super complicated, not super geeky. Um, but the second phase would be more toned towards those that have a little bit more understanding towards weather and so forth. But we obviously would try to make it so that, um, you know, somebody's going to be the forecaster or, or of some sort or the warning coordinator, so to speak, they would have an understanding. There would be some kind of training seminar or, or tutorial that they would go to. Um, originally, that was going to be our first phase, and we kind of thought, you know, that probably would flop really bad out there. So uh, that's the reason why we kind of switched, <laughs> switched roads there a little bit, um, you know, because this is really kind of our big first game that we started to work on. And, um you know, so we didn't want to crash and burn the, out the gate. So, is your you competition know, and, and all that can change. Is your competition giving you Sorry. like uh, bad advice? When you, yeah, you should put in a, a giant cat, <laughs> you know, or something like that. Oh my gosh, that would make the game amazing! Are you kidding me? Like you could have, you could have, like, you could have cats in the car with you. That would be kind of cool. Like they could be giving you like storm chasing advice or. I don't know. Yeah, there you go. I, I pray to God we could get through one show without talking about the flipping. <laughs> yeah. You know what? And She's right here, right? She's right here. Her name's Vader. She's beautiful. <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, I think that's a good question, Reed, when it comes to competition. Because, obviously, this game has been in the works uh, for a little while. Um, and by, by the sound of it, it doesn't sound like we're close to having it... Um, out, uh, I guess, what are your fears there when it comes to the longer you wait, the sooner someone else could come in and steal your thunder? Well, that's always a possibility. I mean, competition is always a reality. We deal with that with, on our other side of business on a regular basis. Um, you know, the, the thing is, is there's a couple of aspects to this, and we've talked about this, too, as a team. Uh, and, and things might be changing after the first of the year with this aspect, but, um, you know, we've, we've batted around, you know, obviously our main core business is through flight sim and that's where we get our funding, our fundings from as a company. So everything we're doing on this storm pretty much is coming out of our pocket, so to speak as a company. 
uh, sort of pretty much funding that. If, you know, in a flight sim business doesn't go very well, then this kind of gets, you know, delayed a little bit. So our plan is to look into the aspect of possibly doing, looking at private investors or the possibility of doing a public campaign. Um, so that we can move faster on this project. That's one of the things we want to do is, is speed it up over the next year and try and get it at least the proof of concept done by the end of next year. That's our desire and our plan. Um, obviously, you know, the one thing I've noticed within this industry, uh, being involved in this for the last 10 years, um, you can make a plan, but it usually never ends up being what you want it to be because it's just it's always changes the technology changes sure. uh, new things come out and you just can never always plan for everything that could come up uh, that could railroad your ideas and so forth uh, and like I said we had about a year and a half there where we were you know stuck in litigation we couldn't really do anything because of the fact that we didn't even know if we we're going to have a, a game we could do so to answer the short answer to your question is yes competition is a real real threat to us and it's very possible um, you know I think We'll just have to. T- we just have to take that risk. It's just that's all it is. I like uh, everything's risk. I like the parallels read to um, storm chasing, where it costs money to storm chase, and the income is hard to find. To your game, it costs money to create this game, so you have to have something else to create the income <laughs> inside <laughs> your company. Yes. Um, yeah. That's that's a real good parallel. So, you, uh, quick question. So, you talked about proof of concept. You said by by next year, what do you what do you guys have to do to create that proof of concept? Well, like I said, our first our first goal is to, um, and, and what we're in the process of doing right now is to model the um, city of Wakita and Project Wakita. And so what that involves is we have to develop all the models, obviously, every city. Uh, it's a pretty small city. It, it's pretty unique. It has some unique buildings and some unique aspects to it. And so the first thing we have to do is we have to build the assets. Uh, we have to build the model, the, all the uh, all the buildings. Uh, we have to place them on with the model, uh, with on the, uh, uh, the train and so forth. Uh, that involves texturing, that involves, you know, ground, grass and trees and things of that nature. And then the next aspect is we, we've also had to been working on the uh, weather engine itself. Um, the weather engine itself is pretty complicated as, uh, component of it. I would think try so. Make it as, yeah, it's, it's, it, we, we pretty much have the cloud engine that we want to use. It's the effects that we're still working on, and we've been doing a lot of testing probably over the last six months on that. Now, we were able to do something really cool. We've been using a, uh, a, a design tool called Maya, uh, which is very, very popular out there, uh, to develop tornadoes. We actually created some, some different multiple tornadoes using their dynamic. And what dynamic is, is it's kind of like a fluid. Uh, you've seen some of the kind of the Twister movies and so forth, especially Into the Storm recently. Mm-hmm. That came out. A lot of that, uh, I don't know what tool they use there, but the tornadoes that they use there is very similar to what we're able to create with the tool called Dynamics in Maya. Unfortunately, that is so intensive performance-wise, you can't even use it in games. So we're we're kind of hoping that the technology will advance enough that we can actually use that in games. So we're going to have to settle for something a little less than that. Uh, so we're experimenting a lot with that because that's going to be really the key to this game is how do the tornadoes look? How does the lightning look? How does the rain look? How does the hail look? How does it sound? Uh, you know, um, 
I'm very gracious. One of our um, followers, his name is uh, Christian out there. He actually sent me a list of all the tornado sirens throughout um, his area um, and all their sounds. We have all these different sounds out. Yeah. I mean, I was, it was like a list of maybe 30 to 40 different sirens. I was grateful for all the work that he did for us. Um, And so that helped out a lot because, you know, there are multiple different types of sirens out there. So it's bringing all these elements together and then placing them within a game. And now that you have to build the physics so that if a tornado or something hits a building, it damages a certain way and it has to be able to recognize whether it's, you know, uh, you know, an F zero EF zero to an EF five type situation. Uh, and you have to build those into the models. So there's a lot of, and then, and then top of that too, you know, you've got the, the technology too. You've got the vehicles, uh, you've got the technology that goes in those vehicles um, and the interaction between multiplayers and so forth. So for the proof of concept probably will not be a multiplayer environment because involves so much work but it's kind of our playground to bring in all these technologies and see how they interact together so will there be like dish soap tap water and a and a jar you can spin around <laughs> or anything like that? <laughs> that, that that's actually the tornado we'll, we'll send that out all right so place that in front of the screen and it's fun, that's right it's like an yeah. overlay yeah exactly exactly the, so. read that the other real question is if I get into my car in the game and I don't have a vehicle that's built for managing a tornado, is it still going to let me drive into it? Because I've always I've always wanted to drive through a tornado, so so I think the game you should, should try let me do that. I, I would encourage well, you to no, do that. No, but you got to do it in the video game so you know what's going to actually happen in real life. So you know, if it's a Volkswagen, it won't hold together, but uh, it'll get great gas mileage. I hear, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know exactly. What we've decided is um, we're seriously considering that if somebody were to do that, uh, you would d- kill that character off. Oh, I'm all for that. I'm yeah, all for that. Instead of having, you got to have some. Con- Go ahead. You got to have some consequences. Yeah, so I, I just I think having you know like in you know Call of Duty, you get shot 400 times, you always respawn back to the place where you got shot. I, I don't see how realistic that is. I mean, I think if you're going to drive, you know. I hate to say, it, if you're gonna be stupid enough to Volkswagen into a an EF5 tornado, you're yeah. gonna die. You know, <laughs> yeah. you're gonna yeah. die. So yeah, Rip. I think there has to be some real. So yeah, so some quick questions on that. Number one, so you, you're you're envisioning this as a um, a big multiplayer game concept. Yeah. Okay. Um, and and is this going to be kind of an uh, I, I forget the wording for it, but an open. Open world. MMOR, open world concept right. where you can. Con- so will this? Will this be? Do you guys know? You guys are any of you familiar with Grand Theft Auto? I was just yes. thinking that. Uh, yeah. So yeah. will you be able to get into your Volkswagen and the damn storm chasers that you're always pissed off because they get the storm? <laughs> yeah. Can you run them over? Yes. Can you like convert them? Oh one, yes. one of the upgrades for the VW will be a Gatling gun. <laughs> no way. Yeah, I was gonna say, can you walk into an ammunition store, grab a gun, and go chase down <laughs> that one storm chase the chasers. Stand. Just a jerk. Wow. Uh, yeah, I don't think that's probably. The yeah, I, but, uh, dang it. This um, I, I'll tell you, Reed. This, this sounds like a great game. It did when I first heard about it, and it does even more now while you talk about it. And I know. Uh, all of us and and all of our listeners 
uh, are going to be excited to and and are planning to hope that this thing makes it through and you guys can get this through. Is there a timeline that you can give the, the give us and the listeners to give us some hope that this thing might actually make its way into our hands and a free copy? Ooh, <laughs> Xbox One. Yeah, we'll beta Xbox test. Xbox I guess we can do that. We'll beta test. Yeah, there we go. Um, I'll tell you what. You know, as as long as um, I'm still involved with Rex Game Studios, or actually whether that's the case or not, uh, and that's no statement or anything like that. It, it, <laughs> guys, I'm going to quick, I'm gonna quick go sell my <laughs> stock tonight before we air this. Episode. <laughs> 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 yeah. insider insider no, trading um, going on oh my God. Yeah, yes no, uh, in a serious note um our our plan without without divulging uh any kind of public information right now at this point our desire is to seriously put a lot of energy into getting this project done and that's one of the reasons why we're we're actually partnering up with the school uh, to bring in some interns to help out with that. Like I said, we are we are a pretty small firm. Bring in the free um, labor. Yeah, a lot of, <laughs> yeah, well, and our desire is to, you know, bring in some interns and give them an opportunity to learn and grow in some areas, but as also hopefully gain some um, employees from that. Um, so our desire is to move forward and, um, you know, get, get this project going. I, like I said, our desire, and I've said that 400 times, uh, our plan is to a lot of desire in that company. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A lot of desire, passion uh, <laughs> is to have this, hopefully a proof of concept by the end of next year. That is the plan at this point, but you know, I can't have people hold us to it because I just right. don't know what's going to happen. We have um, a business plan in place and uh, come January 1st, we're, we're hoping to, um, we're planning two possible directions, uh, either seeking outside investment or doing some kind of public campaign through like Kickstarter or Indiegogo or something like that. Mm-hmm. We, we would like to have more assets together uh, so that we can show people, you know, this is a real project. This isn't something that's kind of a fly by night type thing um, that this is really happening. And that's the reason why we're kind of showing images now that things are happening that we have been able to move on this and we've not been able to do that in the past but we've been able to do it more so now um and i think once we get some more people on board we'll be able to move, advance even further along so. bring some uh, american interns Ameri- american yeah well that, yeah they're, well they're just there's the school's just down down the road from us so that's um, cool <laughs> it doesn't mean anything <laughs> well <laughs> so all right well let tell tell everybody i guess reed that uh people that want to follow you guys and follow your progress how how can they follow you guys how how can they get a hold of you if they have questions great so um right now our website and our form is kind of cheesy we haven't upgraded that yet but we are in the plans of doing that we're in the process of redesigning that uh you can always go to stormquestgame.com that is our primary website right now but it has not been updated in a long time but we will be updating that and put it, posting more stuff on it eventually uh we do have stormquest.game or stormquestgame.com slash forum which is kind of a forum we have going right now uh but probably the best way is is to get on our facebook that's really where we tend to to you know have a lot of our our conversation going and so forth um 
And that's really our best best way to get a hold of us there. And, and let me get you the name for that there. Uh, and I should have been better prepared. Not to be confused with Storm Quest the movie I'm seeing. <laughs> YouTube here. I'm like, well, I, I don't think that's the same thing there, Bubba. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so if you, if you go to facebook.com slash stormquest game that'll take you right to our facebook so uh cool that'll let you yeah be able to follow us what we're doing awesome well i, yeah, I appreciate I that um we're, we're gonna jump into our our two minute lightning round uh, kind of keep things flowing here so so tonight you know so we've got a history here lately and i'm gonna i'm gonna flip and run out of uh game shows to do but uh, and we're going to be back to just doing some stupid questions like we did early on. But we're going to we're going to do our version of Jeopardy. We're going to do, do our version of Jeopardy tonight. So what what we're going to do is because obviously we're talking video games. Our version of Jeopardy is going to cover classic ar- arcade video games. OK, so we, we only have one topic. We don't have multiple topics. It's one topic, classic arcade video games. But we do have three different money choices so here's what we're going to do we're going to let everybody's going to be able to participate but read our guest he is always going to get first right of refusal to every single question okay uh so we have three tiers of questions tier number one each question is worth 25 cents because that's typically Well, that's how much it cost to play a video some, game back in the I'm day. I'm trying to earn some big bucks here, Phil. No, this Come is on. an arcade video game. <laughs> I got so student first, loans to pay. Hey, shut up. So, so <laughs> the, first, the first round is 25 cents. There's two questions per tier. So there's two questions in the 25-cent category. There's two questions in the 50-cent category because video games eventually started getting a little more expensive to play. And then the third tier is actually worth 4.2 credits. And so nowadays, <laughs> you know, if you've been to like Dave and Buster's what? and stuff like that, it, you don't put coins in the machines anymore. You swipe your card. Just like and, Vegas. And they totally right. con you. They con you to put money on your card, and then they tell you to play this game. It might be like 4.2 credits or 6.7 credits. You have no idea how much money you're spending every time you swipe your card. But... Um, that's tier three, four point two credits. And if they're so, listening, Phil's just just kidding. All right, just saying. <laughs> I'm kidding about what? Exactly. <laughs> okay. So so there's three I'm tiers. Fair. So every time I'm going to ask Reed which tier of questions he wants to to try and answer: twenty five cent, fifty cent, or four point two credit tier. He gets, um, and then I'm going to read the Jeopardy style question. He has to then try and answer it, and if and, and if he can't answer it in like three seconds, uh, then I'm opening it to the rest of you, right? Okay. And hey, so you're... it's basically read versus the rest of you. <laughs> Your two minutes are up. So, so. so it's <laughs> one, one versus one hundred. Yeah, the... No, it doesn't yeah. work anymore. <laughs> there we go. Oh, there it was. Hey, oh, there's wow. the first. We've gone 11 episodes before I finally dropped the bomb. All right. I didn't, wait, I didn't get it. Wait, what? You okay. t- oh, my gosh. I missed so it. So here we go. So, Reed, <laughs> Reed uh, you get choice, 25, 50 cent, or 4.2 credits. Uh, let's go with the 4.2 credits. Wow. <laughs> you're oh, like a big boy. He's a big boy. All right. So each one's got two questions. So question one, this 1983 sports game by Konami – 
required rapid tapping of alternate buttons to increase player speed. The con- the con- I'm sorry, the constant pounding this machine took required them to later replace the buttons with a rolling trackball. Oh, jeez. What's the game? <laughs> um, Take a guess. I, football. What is football or something? It's, I don't know. It's not football. All right, the rest of you. What video game are we talking what about? Is what is Mortal Kombat? Mortal Kombat. Cam got it. Cam got it. Track and well, field. That's right, Remember? domination. Oh, yes. You had to pound those buttons yes. super fast to go really fast. All right. Oh, I didn't play so, that game. Sorry. Stormfront <laughs> Freaks. See, I figured, I figured, Reed, you were old enough to know these these old classic games, man. All right. So, all right. So, Stormfront Freaks are up four credits. Uh, Reed? Whatever that means. Whatever yeah, that I means. I don't even know what it means. means. We're conning you just like they con us. <laughs> all right, Reed. Pick another one. Uh, let's let's continue this tier. All right. So, 4.2 credits. Last question. This 1988 Russian game was released by Atari but the concept of rotating falling bricks, which if stacked too high end of the game, was used by many companies in hardware versions. What is Tetris? Yeah. Good job. That was a softball. It's tied. tied. 4.2 credits. Go ahead, Reed. All right, let's, let's go down to tier two. Okay, 50 cent tier. Question one. Before going on to create bigger things, this individual, while working at Atari conned his friend Steve Wozniak to create Breakout. Oh, jeez. I know it wasn't Steve Jobs. Take a Uh, guess. I can't even think. I don't know. I'm sorry. Okay. Open it up to the team. Tom Cruise. No. Can we get a repeat? I know. What was the question? Okay. Before going on to create bigger things, this individual... Or... Yeah, I thought they only got like three seconds. Sorry. Shut Sorry, up. Sorry, go. Quiet, guess. Before going on to create bigger things, this individual while working at Atari friend Steve Wozniak to create Breakout. Nolan Bushnell. Okay. No. Good guess, no. but it was not that, Nolan. Uh, All right. Nobody gets credit. No. It was Steve okay. Jobs. It was oh, Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs. Yeah. Steve Jobs worked for Atari. And he was asked to create this game breakout. He went to his buddy, Steve Wozniak, uh, told him he'll give him X amount of dollars if he creates breakout. Steve Wozniak created breakout, but Jobs got paid about three times the amount he gave Wozniak to get Wozniak to make it. So obviously it's kind of a a sign of things to come. Okay, no no points for that one. Read next. 4.2 credits, right? (laughs) Yep, go ahead. Next one. All right, let's, let's continue in that tier. All right, last question, 50 cents. This Disney movie about a programmer that enters his video game creations to fight an evil master program inspired an arcade video game of the same name by Bally Midway in 1982. What is Tron? All right. There it is. All right, you take a 50-cent lead. Uh, We have two questions last in the 25-cent category. Wait, we don't have to pay him if he wins, right? Well, yeah. No. I thought, no. Wait a minute, I thought I got paid. <laughs> yeah, I'm broke. Yeah, we do. We pay you 4.2 credits. All I'm right. broke. <laughs> so, all right. So I'm going to pick question one, 25 cents. Uh, read this game, released in 1981, was Nintendo's biggest arcade game and forced them in a lawsuit with Universal Studios over the rights to King Kong. Uh, what is Mario Brothers? 
Where no, incorrect. Team. Oh, Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong. Yes, that's Super Smash Bros. Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong. All right. So, uh, uh, Reed, you're up 25 cents, and this is the last question worth 25 cents. This 1981 game actually started out as a hack to Pac-Man and once purchased by Namco became even a bigger seller than its male predecessor. Mrs. Pac-Man? Yeah. Yeah, there we go. Reed, you want it, brother. Good job. Yeah. Good job. All right, good job. Well, hey, thanks. We thanks owe you 50 cents. <laughs> yeah, we owe you 50 cents, so I'll, I'll send it in the mail. Okay, no problem. It's coming in the mail. All right, so, hey, we appreciate playing around. And you are actually going to stay with us here in our discussion. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, we're going to jump to Brady Storm School. But when we come back, we're going to get into talking a little bit about unmanned drones and their future use uh, in weather and storms. This is Storm School where together we'll take an in-depth look into certain weather phenomenon, why they happen, where they happen, what causes them. Some topics we'll cover are things you might have never heard before or things you've heard a lot. Welcome to Storm School. Class is in session. Hello once again, guys. Welcome to this week's episode of Storm School. I'm Brady, and today we're going to be talking about some popular hurricane myths I'm going to do my best to debunk them as well as talk about how they relate to Matthew. This is very applicable right now. I know that by the time the podcast comes out, Matthew will have already made landfall and impacted Florida and the Carolinas. Um, but this, you know, this stuff will will help you guys down the road if there's ever any other hurricanes in your area, whether they're going to some of these myths are true or not. And most of them are myths, just like I said. So the first myth we're going to take a look at are. So hurricanes bring more rain than tropical storms. Um, that isn't necessarily true. So people think, oh, it's a tropical storm. It's not necessarily going to bring you know a lot of flooding, a lot of rain. Tropical storms actually, um, you know, the the amount of rain that comes with a tropical storm or a hurricane depends on how fast it's moving. Both are going to have a lot of moisture with them. Both are going to have a lot of rain. If you have a hurricane that's moving very fast versus a tropical storm that's moving on the slower side, you're going to get more rain with a tropical storm than with a hurricane. So once again, it's all kind of dependent on, um, on your situation. Um, so another myth that we're going to, I'm going to talk about is an early start to hurricane season means that things will be bad. That's not necessarily true. As you can really see with this season, we had a couple early storms. We had one of the earliest, I believe, tropical storms. Actually, it was a Category 1 that made landfall in the panhandle of Florida. But since then, we've had very little to any activity in the Atlantic and the Gulf. So just because you get an early storm doesn't necessarily mean that the hurricane season is going to be bad. And that's the same you know, that's very true, once again, for a late start to the hurricane season. It doesn't necessarily mean things will remain calm all season because if that were the case, it would be, you know, record-breaking season, and that usually doesn't happen. So things kind of um, end up evening out um, in terms of that. So another myth, this is very important if you've got homeowner's insurance. So, you know, there's a lot of people that think that homeowner's insurance actually covers um, for rising water from floods. 
No, that's not true. You need, um, there's actually a separate flood insurance policy, especially down in Florida, that you got to get. So make sure you get that on your homes because your, um, your homeowner's insurance isn't going to cover that. Um, and another kind of myth is that storm surge is the deadliest part of a hurricane. Um, that's actually not true. Storm surge is very devastating and, and it causes a lot of destruction and damage. But nowadays, especially we saw this with Katrina, most of the hurricane damage or most of the hurricane um, deaths, fatalities, you should I would say, are actually caused by inland after the hurricane moves through and the power is out. People, you know, getting diseases, people drinking, people not having access to fresh drinking water, people not having access to food. That's actually where most of the deaths occur Um you know, not necessarily by this big wave of water coming online. I mean, obviously, it kind of contributes to some of those problems, like the power going out and not having access to fresh water. But the the storm surge directly doesn't cause the most deaths um, as well. So let's take a look at one or two more uh, myths. Um, one is, um, so people think once the hurricane passes, the worst is over. And that's not necessarily the case. I mean, it is for the wind, um, but there, you know, most. I mean, it's it's true sometimes in some cases. But what people don't realize is not only is there strong wind, um, but there's also heavy rain on the backside, which can cause dramatic flooding. And you can also get storm surge on the backside, depending on where you are and where the winds are correlating. Um, and and another thing that people don't realize is that. Hurricanes oftentimes spawn with a lot of tornadoes. So you can have a tornado that spawns in a cell on the backside of a hurricane that actually does a ton of damage and can you know kill some people, and that can actually be well away from the center of the hurricane. Well, guys, that was some uh, hurricane myths. Um, there's a pretty good website. Um, it's It was actually done by a news station. You'll want to check it out um, on the internet, talking about some more hurricane myths. They have a comprehensive list. That was just some of them. Um, But, yeah, thanks for joining us for Storm School today. Let's get back to the podcast. All right, welcome back. Um, So so here's the thing. I I think everyone is familiar with this unmanned drone craze. Yes? I mean, do you guys – you know about this, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's it's not a secret. So here's the thing. So the FAA apparently is the government body that's going to regulate these things. As they should. True. Um, Right? Because it's flight. Mm -hmm. So they have what's called Part 107, and this contains the rules for governing commercial drones. But part of that is they also estimate that within the next year, 600,000 drones are going to be active in the U.S. Good Lord. Holy crap. That's a, that's a lot of stuff flying around, right? <laughs> unmanned, unmanned yeah. stuff flying that's around. That's debris right? all by itself. Yeah, no yeah, kidding. Debris so, ball. You know, so I've, I really, this discussion I thought would be fun to kind of talk about what, because there are some things right now that are in the works or are currently, that, that currently exist where unmanned drones are being used in the weather industry. But certainly I think this is a, a big future thing, meaning what, what can we use unmanned drones for when it comes to weather and storms and to improve things? And, and so there was, I'm, I'm going to quick bring up uh, from dronepoweredsolutions.com. 
there's there's a really they did this really neat study and on where they see the future of unmanned drones and i'll share this with you guys they list uh how many we got maybe eight top eight uh sectors that they feel are where where the money's going to be for unmanned drones meaning the most use and the most money um number 5 was media and entertainment and and I think when it comes to weather, I think it's pretty easy to see because it's used already. Drone, have you guys seen? Oh yeah, you know, drone videos cool. of storms and and flooding. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, which, which is pretty cool. I mean, you you can get some neat shots that you don't normally get. Um, and using those high definition cameras, I think, are pretty cool. America, well, especially in like a place videos. like Ohio. Yeah, it's America. <laughs> And well, yeah, Phil, especially in a place like Ohio, where you have trees everywhere, and if you can get above the tree line, that gives you, True. you know, I've seen, I've seen storms. Yeah, exactly. So, a place like Ohio, it's really cool. So get yeah, above. I mean, You're right. Because I mean, even with um, when we go chasing, we have cameras on top of the vehicle, and so we get um, a better shot, I guess. But I mean, when you cross those tree lines, I mean, you're blinded; you can't see anything. So it's definitely pretty neat. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, so I think that's already being used, and maybe not so much on a commercial level as it is just individuals buying. You know, I I I, I saw something where GoPro uh, have they've come out with the first drone and and drone camera as well, so they're getting in the mix oh, as well. But so that doesn't necessarily cover commercial stuff as much as it's right now, at least individuals doing that. But number four on on the um, uh, industry list for money and potential with security. I don't know where that would maybe relate to a, a weather or storms from a security standpoint. Uh, number three was transport. So this was obviously the, the joke of our all 600,000 of those drones being used by, by Amazon. Amazon. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's for transportation. And, and I think what, while I was thinking about this guys, I, I really thought, the use of drones in the weather industry, I think one of the biggest areas would be post-storm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Getting into areas that, that vehicles can't get into, mm-hmm. uh, you know, especially now with, with Matthew, with what's going on with Hurricane Matthew. But having a drone, being able to deliver supplies, emergency supplies, um, well, I mean, someone, someone did, uh, I read someone somewhere that lifeguards at some uh, Oceanside beach, we're going to start using drones to deliver life preservers. Oh, wow. Hey, why not? Uh, and I thought, you know what, hey, you know, if it takes so long to swim out to someone who's, you know, having trouble swimming, and you can just fly a drone out to them and ha- drop a life preserver. You know, I thought, well, you could probably use that in flooding situations. Um, right. You could, you know, now again, I don't know how mobile your drone has to be. I mean, you got to be there when it happens, I suppose. If it's big enough, they just pull the people out. But yeah, (laughs) but yeah, right. You know, but you can deploy it so much quicker than you can. I mean, think about, I mean, even if, you know, if your lifeguards on a beach or whatever, and you've got the drone that can do that, you can deploy that a lot quicker than you can get in the boat and get yourself out there. So you can get that out to them while you're getting in, you know, to the boat or whatever to get out there. 
True. I, I could I could see that working in a in a uh, rip current situation, but in a person where they're drowning. Uh, my son used to be a lifeguard, and uh, when you've got somebody who's drowning, they're in an intense situation. I mean, it's very difficult for them to be aware of what's going on around them. And, and I mean, it, you know, you're at risk even as a lifeguard going out there trying to get somebody who's drowning. Uh, I just I could see it in a rip current situation where somebody's being pulled out to sea, and you're you're you know trying to get back in or something of that nature or whatever the case may be to, to try and follow the drone back. But in a in a in a life or death situation where they're drowning, I don't think that's going to work. I think you'd have to have a human element into it at that point. Oh, I think you yeah. absolutely still would. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. it just would be. I, I just kind of jump in here if that's okay. I, yeah. My thought was is you know for years the biggest problem has been with uh, radio sounds, you know, going up in mm. weather balloons. Yeah, Why that's not what use I was that say. technology to get more more radio sounds with without the budget, you know, and just uh, especially around when you got more of a severe weather situation going on, you don't have to wait every 12 hours and you can do it in areas that uh, are often, you know, the holes and everything, especially in the Midwest area. There seems to be a lot of sure. holes up there. Yeah. Reed, And especially like, I mean, right now with Matthew, they're doing radio sounds, um, you know, instead of, you know, every, you know, at zero Z and at these certain time intervals, they're dropping them like crazy now. Um, to, because the more data we have in our weather models, the better they're going to perform. You know, one of the reasons why they're not perfect is because we don't have a data point every single, you know, metric foot in the atmosphere. So, so having absolutely having these, you know, not only after the storm, but before the storm to see the environment and have some of these storm spotters go out and just launch a drone in the air and get these measurements, um, that we can put into models that stuff is invaluable for severe weather events. And not only that, you know, you attach a camera to it, you have a storm spotter launch that thing up in the air. And not only can he get a, you know, like a one or two mile radius view. Now he can have a 20, 30, 40 mile radius view from his house to tell you exactly what the weather is, you know, to give the national weather service more details so they can have better warnings more on time, save more lives, forecast the weather more accurately. So I think with drones, it's it's there's really a lot of positives for before as well. Well, the the good part sure. of that number one, as far as replacing balloons, is you you can control that thing to come back to you. Yeah. Uh, which to me, yeah. I think is a big benefit. I think one of the challenges is the height, how high you can get that drone yeah. compared to how high a, a weather balloon can go. And I think to me, in in doing some of the research, that seemed to be some of the issues with how how high weather balloons can go compared to now again higher level drones and more sturdier drones can can certainly go much higher but your your typical drone isn't going yeah. as high as weather balloons no, go right true. now but yeah. one one of the things i'm going to just quick add that goes along with that is currently uh oklahoma university and oklahoma state university are are working together uh when it comes to using drones to identify Brady, as you were talking about, some of the lower levels of these storms, that radar, huge. yep, that 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 Doppler radar can't see, yeah, um, and so you can't get the wind speeds, and you can't get some of those things that the radar can see. That the drones can stay in those lower levels, and and get those readings to help with the the models and better forecasting. That makes total sense. I mean, that would that would be huge. And I think kind of jumping back on what you were saying about 
having the drones being able to use for storm chasing, I just think about those situations where you do have a lot of trees, like in Alabama, where, you know, it's just hills and trees and everywhere, but being able to get a drone that goes up there that's able to go along with you gives you that perspective because, you know, tornadoes there seem to be traveling at 50, 60, 70 miles an hour, especially during this, the springtime. And sometimes you have very little to no warning before something approaches and be able to see that off in the distance uh, with the drone situation would be excellent. You're going to need a co-pilot because you think texting and driving is bad. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh my drone, Droning drone and driving. And drive. drone, drone and, and drive. drive. Yeah, don't drone and drive. <laughs> And obviously, this might have to be something that you know maybe have to be funded to to make it happen. But I think if 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 we take you know with the whole situation Matthew going on and the lives the potential lives that are threatened there, you know, and then you you go back to April 11, 2011, then the situation that was there, how many more lives could have possibly been saved if we had more of this technology around? I mean, could it have really reduced the amount of uh, you know because. You know, it was just, it was, I don't think, we knew something big was going to happen, but, but I don't know if we really knew how big it was going to happen back in. Well, and I, I think this too, um, some, some of the things that are being used, so as you talk about that, and that's where I see, I think there's a lot of research potential with drones uh, when it comes to weather and storms and, and modeling and everything else. But I also see drones being huge when it comes to post-storms. And yeah. so one, one area is, is firefighters. Uh, there are some places where the firefighters are using drones with a thermal camera oh, sure. to be able to see people. Mm-hmm. If there are people trapped or stuck in certain areas, and again, right. I see that as a big post-storm opportunity to be able to see where there could be survivors that you need to get to. Um, uh, I think that's a big area. There is, uh, I've also read where there are some places... I can't remember where this was, but they are using drones to expand their 4G cell phone coverage in oh, sure. crisis situations. Mm. So if a, if towers are going out or something's going out, they can raise the drone with their I, technically with I don't repeat, know with a repeater, yeah, yep. sure, what, whatever that is, yeah. to to be able to still create the cell phone signals yep. that might have been lost or the towers that might have been lost. Yep. And so again, post storm, I, I see that well, being, being a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing I just read about is uh, the Philippines are uh, considering using drones. And this is one thing, again, I don't have the education in seeding, cloud seeding, oh, and creating yeah. rain. Government conspiracy. How real that is or not. But here's what they're ding, doing ding, in ding. the Philippines is they are uh, using drones to seed clouds in drought places, uh, places where, where they're having heavy drought. Um, that's what they're using it for as well. So, and, and if you, you know, a couple more things, I know that it, uh, on the commercial side, insurance companies are using drones now to do damage survey after storms, um, to look at roofs, to look at damage to, you know, property, uh, things like that. And I'm, I, I haven't heard of it happening, but I'd be surprised if it isn't. Uh, if the weather service and other places aren't using it to do some post-storm evaluations as well. There's um, a, yeah, there's actually a video on the weather channel. It was, uh, oh, what's his name? Oh, goodness. I, I want to say Dan it was. Tori? No, 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 no. Uh, 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 Ori, so sorry. Oh, I cannot remember his name. Uh, anyway. Ari. 
Ari, thank you. Right, you know what? Yeah, no, quick thing, quick thing. That is Jen Watson's husband, by the way. No, no way. way. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. Great. So I just ticked no him way. off. Didn't I? <laughs> anyway. That's right. <laughs> hey, anyway. So, what was that? He just did a story uh, when there was an F-Zero tornado up in Dark County, Ohio, back in August. And the video is actually on the Weather Channel, and he shows he shows it flying over. He says, this is courtesy of a drone. And it's very cool. It's HD, hmm. and you're like, whoa, sure. that's pretty sweet. Hmm. Yeah, Maz, that was actually going to be my question I asked you was, is there is it going to be in the TV world? But it sounds like... It's already getting there. It is. You know, yeah. could you see? Could you see yourself have used that on the air? You know, went to cut to a drone or something, or well, show a, it, show a... yeah. My guess is you'll probably have an expert, just like you know, in every not every, but like in one station will have a chopper, you know, chopper yeah. four or whomever, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and then you know, three years later, the contract runs out. It's chopper seven now or whatever. But <laughs> but you're gonna need to have a pilot who's specifically able to because it's not just like you're you got your little christmas helicopter thing because i crash that into the refrigerator all the time you know you don't want me running that thing yeah no i I can see that happening though (laughs) coming out of your salary buddy (laughs) chopper point five chopper point five (laughs) we could afford a real drone so we got this one Well, and and so MJ, so this was uh, because I I didn't finish, and I'm sure all our listeners are dying to know, DronePoweredSolutions.com, their top two industries that they felt uh, had the most potential for uh, unmanned drone use. Number two was agriculture, and number one was infrastructure. Oh, yeah. You know, again, Mm -hmm. uh, like insurance companies and and checking out damage or using drones to repair damage. Sure. Um, again, places you can't get to. Kind of. All I was thinking. I was thinking Jimmy John's because if you think they're fast now, <laughs> oh, freaky, oh my gosh, freaking yeah. fast drone delivery. Uh, hey, hey! Before you said that, I should have tried to get some kind of agreement with them to yeah, give us yeah. some free food or something. <laughs> all right. Um, here, one other question, quick on this on you guys. Do, does anybody see? Because this is what I had trouble with. Um, does anybody see where this could be a problem? where unmanned drones in the weather industry, this could get to be, ooh, this could be an issue, or we need to be careful here. I, yeah. I think, I think congestion, yeah, ahead, congestion is one huge risk. Yeah, yeah definitely. I think, I think another risk, too. I think, you know, this is a very logical argument here, but what happens if iRobot happens? And then <laughs> think about the drones. That would be over. You have, uh, okay, that is a very sci-fi. real concern. AI, an AI-controlled drone network, it's scary. So okay. we, I'm thinking more just air traffic control problems. Yeah, congestion. Yeah, so what the heck is that? You know. iRobot. is a possibility. Well, and, and, and there's going to be privacy issues that come up, too, with you oh, know yeah. everybody flying their drones over the place after the storm, and they're looking at everybody, and, you know, right. that, that's over certainly going to come house. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, we thought we had chaser congestion now. Right. Uh, right with too many people. Oh but are, hey, Reed, are you guys going to have that in your game, like chaser congestion, where it's like <laughs> oh, yeah. I can't get around these guys. There's like another <laughs> you're stuck in traffic for like hours. That's where the GTA comes in with the Gatling gun. Yes, <laughs> there you go. That's good. Can't well, consider well, that. 
Tell, or, uh, or you know, the tip of something with a shovel, you know, you can actually shovel the car out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> well, a big plow in front of it and just yeah. plow people out of the way. Well, we, we always ask our listeners, you know, tell us what you guys think. I, I know you guys have a lot of ideas and thoughts on that. Uh, you can always send us an email at questions at stormfrontfreaks.com. Uh, and if you send us some comments and suggestions, we'll share those on our next show as well. So uh, we're going to take another quick break. When we come back, you're going to hear our nominations for our Weather Fools and Weather Resources. You're listening to the Stormfront Freaks Podcast. All right, giddy up. We got uh, Weather Fools. Brady, take it. All right, guys, it's time for everyone's favorite part of the podcast, Weather Fools, where we talk about people making some silly mistakes when it concerns the weather. All right, uh, Phil, you want to start us off with your weather Okay, so what I'm going to share for the week. Watch this. This is uh, the Weather Company, uh, and they they created this video, this uh, it's graphics. They created this video talking uh, specifically about the uh, Saffir-Simpson uh, category wind categories of hurricanes and obviously with with Matthew around right now uh, I saw this this and I'll play it for you guys and we'll we'll put this on the show notes but this video shows how category one two three four and five wind speeds and it shows a little house shows some palm trees and then it shows uh, the storm surge and what's what's really about this is during the first three categories category one two and three Pretty much shows leaves falling off the palm trees, ocean water coming up a little bit, but nothing too big. And then when it gets to category four, for some reason, lightning starts as if we don't have lightning before category four. And then as soon as they hit category five, there goes the house. The house just gets taken (laughs) right off the foundation. (laughs) The palm trees are gone. And uh, it's... you know, the good everything's effort, gone. Interesting that the warning flags were the last things to go. <laughs> yeah, right? the warning flags on the post. Yeah, were the last. Yeah. So, Phil, the basic takeaway is: if it's a category one, two, or three, you're fine. You can stay in your house, but above that, your your house is done. So that, that's basic takeaways. That that's pretty much it. It's it's not a real quality educational. <laughs> that's not what our attorneys right, so say. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so check that out on the uh, Stormfront Freaks website. Now let's go over to Cam with a little bit of uh, Weather Fools. What was your Weather Fool this week, Cam? Awesome, awesome. Okay, so it's good to be second. Um, I found a video on Facebook actually today. It was about uh, the path of Hurricane Matthew, and this uh, meteorologist, (laughs) listen to what he says. I mean, I'll just leave that for y'all. All right. Hold on. Oh, you're playing it. We can't really hear it. I, I don't think that's going to work. I, I got it. Uh, <laughs> just tell us. Just tell us. Tell us what yeah, it's going to work that way. Tell us. Tell us a little bit about what he so said. So he's just basically warning people. And at the end, he's like, okay, well, trust me, if you guys don't get out of the path of this storm, you know, you're all going to die. And oh then he gets God. real serious and he says, and all of your kids are going to die. Oh, oh my, my God. God. <laughs> Is this a oh. is this a television map or is it a yeah. just, I mean, or? Um, yeah, I, right. I, I don't think he's gonna have a job tomorrow. Nope. Honestly, wow. I mean nope. the, the uproar already. I if mean, he survives video. Matthew, though, right? He, I mean, he might. According he to logic, it. he's not gonna survive Matthew. Right. Oh, it, yeah. it had over eight million hits today. Oh my gosh! Holy yeah. God! That, 
Guess where the station is sending him. He is going to be canned. (laughs) Wow. All right, Cam, that was awesome. Sure, no problem. Part of uh, being a chaser is we don't want to, we want to create public awareness, but we don't want to create a panic, especially with something like that. I was like, we don't want to end up on the Stormfront Freaks Weather Fool segment. (laughs) That's what it comes down to. All right, Kim, that was awesome. You can check that out. We'll post a link on stormfrontfreaks.com. And to my weather fool this week, so there's a guy on Twitter named Matt Drudge. First of all, I have no idea what kind of name that is. But, Dude, here comes the so, bus already. Yeah. Anyway, so, so he, was, um, he, was, he was on Twitter, and he was talking about Hurricane Matthew. I'll read you his first tweet. He said, the deplorables are starting to wonder. And the deplorables referring to the Trump reference right. or the Hillary reference to deplorables. Yeah, the Hillary. The deplorables are starting to wonder if the government has been lying to them about Hurricane Matthew intensity to make exaggerated point on climate. So basically what he's trying to <laughs> oh say, my. and he goes on and keeps on tweeting. He's like, all these governmental you know, claims are crazy. The, these winds aren't this high. He's been trying to disprove that Hurricane Matthew is, is strong or is even happening. And it's it's crazy. He's gotten like like I, his first tweet was like a couple thousand retweets. So I mean, this guy is just an idiot. Good a lord, douche canoe for sure. Oh my gosh! And if, if anyone reads that and they're thinking like, oh, there's not going to be like a hurricane, like are you, like it's just it's ridiculous. So look that guy up on Twitter and uh, please be sure to give him hell. Anyway, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, hey, let's let's move to anybody else got one because we're going to go to weather resources. All sure. right. Going once. Hey, cool. Hey, so weather resources, very cool. Not just tech, but I mean, anything that has to do with weather that is cool. We want to hear about it. We got a couple for tonight. Let's go to Camelama. What's up? Camelama ding dong. <laughs> what are we doing? Sorry. <laughs> You have a weather resource. So WX. Hey, she's got a hurt back, right? All right, have, have a little, you know, pity. A little yeah, pity. thank you. Actually, I didn't have a resource. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well. Oops. No, yeah. Maz, Just say you, radar. Uh, Just yeah, say the you radar. Are fine. Maz, I'm going to give this segment to somebody else. I think. <laughs> You're fired. Go sit in the corner. I'm going to go sit oh, in the middle of the eye of the storm, oh. man. All right. Phil, you got one. <laughs> I do have one wanted to just share for all our uh, Skywarn ham radio folks out there, really, I would say this is more for those that want to be, uh, because if you're already in ham radio, you're an expert of this. I came across and I actually purchased on Amazon. It's the Beofeng, <laughs> which is definitely Whoa. Chinese. This is not an, uh, an American created product, but the Beofeng UV5R. Uh, which is a, uh, this is a dual band uh, two-way radio. It operates on one or four watt power and it uses the uh, 136 to 174 megahertz and 400 to 480 megahertz frequencies. Also has FM radio on it. You can get all the uh, uh, weather radio frequencies on it. It also includes, uh, it's got a flexible antenna, battery and base belt clip, a two pin push to talk ear clip and mic. Uh, it's a, it's a great, if nothing else, starter radio. This thing was 26 bucks. Wow. Uh, so for 26 bucks, it's, and it's, it's had great reviews, four and a half star reviews. Interesting. Um, it's just a great little, uh, radio for those that are looking to get started, uh, maybe in the Skywarn ham radio field. 
What, remember, no mirror ball or anything for remember parties? Remember to get your license. Oh, yeah. You do have to be, it would be illegal to officially operate that without a license. That yes, is correct. the lawyers make sure we say that. That is yes. correct. That, <laughs> that is correct. Mm-hmm. All right, Brady, I think you have one. So my WX resource is very fitting for today, the National Hurricane Center. Yay. So basically, yay. Uh, yeah, yay. Well, no, it's awesome what they do there. Um, they've got all these different links to, you know, Matthew and some of the, the hurricane hunters, some of the measurements they're doing, you know, real time within the hurricane. Um, it's got all these different projections, discussions. Um, so especially as we get into and remain in hurricane season, check it out. It's a great website to go. And some of these guys are, you know, the leading professionals in their field. So check it out because these guys, these, you know, they know what they're doing. I think that's it. No, I got one. Yeah. Oh, seriously? Yeah, like, man, you're fired, man. Yeah. You are flipping fired. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, two strikes on the same it, show. Wait, have another. Wait, break. let me guess. Now Cam has one too, right? Cam's Ka- <laughs> hanging similar. out of this one. <laughs> so, so kind of similar to to Phil and his um, starter rate uh, two way radio um, or ham radio. Um, and considering we're talking a lot about emergency preparedness now, and I know we've got an episode coming up about that too. Um, I, I have always, you know, I want to keep a, something in my glove glove compartment or something in my car all the time, just for plain emergencies and go camping and doing things like that. And I've had various, what they call emergency radios and things before, and they work okay, but they're not great. Um, I did pick this one up for just over 20 bucks. Um, it's from I. It's from Iron Snow is the name of the company. It's not a company Whoa. anybody's ever heard of before, uh, but but they make emergency radios and it's tiny. It fits, I mean, it's basically, it fits in the palm of your hand. It has a, you know, it has a crank, right? So you can crank it for power. It also has a little solar cell. It has a, a 1000 milliamp hour uh, battery in it. So if it's charged, you know, and it's in, it's it's with you on the emergency, you can get charge on your phone to make an emergency phone call or do something like that or you can crank it up to do that too it has an led flashlight it's kind of the swiss army knife uh of emergency little devices um it's really cool and it actually tunes in the weather radio really really well because i'm in an area where it's kind of tough to to get it but i pick up two of the stations and that's almost better than any other radio i've got so just something to look at for uh, and, to, to have on hand for twenty bucks. It's it's almost a steal. And I've looked at that too. And correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't it also have a USB charging port for your phone? Y- y- yes, yes, it does. So yeah. that's why I say you can charge. You can. Oh, did you say that already? Yep. Yeah. All right. I need another um, drink. I mean, you're not going to get. It's like one of the people who commented on it. It says, you know, it's it's not going to charge your laptop, and it's not going right. to you know uh, give you stereo, you know, hi-fi sound. Uh, but it's it, it does what it advertises pretty well. All cool. the doomsday or clubs have one. They do. So yeah, so we'll post <laughs> as preppers. always. We'll post that on our show notes. All the links to uh, those weather fools and weather uh, WX resources. So just go to www.stormfrontfreaks.com uh, and you can check out the show notes there. Uh, MJ, finish us up. Do we have any uh, listener comments? Hey, we got a shout out to Jennifer Nalon, um, who on September 30th uh, put a tweet out that included us and wishing us a happy International Podcast Day. 
So uh, we appreciate Jennifer listening and giving us a shout out on International Podcast Day back on September 30th. Sweet. So if you didn't have a drink, have a drink. So, all right. So let's wrap it up. That does it for this episode of Stormfront Freaks podcast. Uh, As always, we thank you for listening. If you like the show, tell a friend and give us a review on iTunes or Google Play. And if you didn't like it, then just go ahead and tell us, but give us a review anyway. Uh, We want to answer all your questions or discuss your comments on future shows. So send us your thoughts to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com. A special thanks and shout out to our guest, Reed Stowe and Rex Game Studios. And for MJ, Brady, Maz, and Cam, I'm signaling the all clear. We will catch you next time. See you. Adios. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. To subscribe and be notified when new episodes of our bi-weekly show are available, you can go to iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or TuneIn Radio and search for Stormfront Freaks. If you would like to contact us with questions or make comments about the show, shoot us an email to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or follow us on Twitter at Stormfront Freak. We'd love to hear from you. For show notes, additional information about this episode, as well as past and upcoming shows, videos, photos, and more, visit our website at stormfrontfreaks.com. While you're there, check out the interactive radar provided by our friends at zoomradar.com, providing interactive weather content for web, mobile, and digital displays at cost-effective prices. Zoomradar.com. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash stormfrontfreaks. Join us next time and tell a friend about the Stormfront Freaks podcast.